0: And so I encourage people to probably start out with like, yeah, the golden, the amber,
1: per se, if they haven't tried anything before. And here's speaking from experience, something that I learned. We may dump a whole bunch of this stuff on our plate, the imitation stuff, but uh, if you're using the real stuff, a little bit goes a long way. Speaking from experience, don't make my mistake. (laughs) You can't survive without it. It plays a part in almost everything we bring into our homes. It's agriculture. I'm Amy Flukesopped in my 15 year career as a broadcast journalist. I've traveled the country, won awards, and have told the stories of everyone from presidential candidates to the neighbor next door. Now I'm getting back to my farm girl roots to connect you back to where your food, fuel, fabric, and all of those items in between originated, the farm. Inside the Bullseye is a one-of-a-kind conversation that's designed especially for you, the consumer. Broadcasting from my home studio in Madison, Wisconsin, I'm Amy Flukesap. Trust me, this isn't your grandfather's way of farming. Welcome to this edition of Inside the Bullseye, as we show you this is not your grandfather's way of farming. So. Let's dive into this sticky topic today. You probably have a bottle of it in your pantry or fridge right now, but not all syrups you drizzle on your pancakes, French toast, and waffles are created equal. Today, we're exploring pure maple syrup. Did you know it takes 40 gallons of maple sap to create just one gallon of maple syrup? So, Hopefully, the next time you're drizzling that on your favorite breakfast creation or whatever food item you put it on, you have a little more appreciation for the work that goes into it. In our conversation today, we're going to learn how it's produced, how you can tap a tree in your own backyard, and some of the other maple products out there other than syrup. So, joining the conversation again today is Abigail Martin. You may remember our chat with her from episode twenty six. Why are dairy calves taken away from their mothers? She's the program manager at the Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center, supporting its educational mission by bringing new creative programs and activities to the Farm Wisconsin experience. I am so excited, too. We got to dive into this. We got to share this with our listeners, Abigail, before we bring you in. We're gonna have this new partnership with the Farm Wisconsin Dairy Center and Abigail's gonna be back regularly to talk about seasonal items. So Abigail, welcome back to the conversation. We are so excited to have you here and to announce and share this new partnership we have.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to joining this podcast monthly. And like you said, highlighting different topics that are in season because agriculture is 365 days a year, but there's always something different going on. So I think it'll be really great.
1: Yeah, these seasons, they can be short, they can be very long, but today the one we're talking about is very, very short. It's about four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. And so we're right in the middle of it too. We wanna talk about maple syrup. Let's just dive right in. What does this process even look like? How does it start?
0: Yes. So like you said, right now is maple season here in Wisconsin. And we know maple season starts when the nights are still freezing temperature wise, but the days are mild. They're starting to warm up. So we're starting to get that spring-like weather. So right here in the middle of March is typically when our maple syrup season, when that sap is starting to flow in our state. So folks that are tapping their trees, they've done so already. The first thing they're going to do is identify Identify a maple tree. Whether they've been tapping for years or are looking to um, find a new tree, maybe in their backyard, they're wondering if they have a maple. And this was kind of a fun thing for me to learn. I'm not a tree person, so <laughs> when uh, when I was talking to our maple syrup producers, I was learning a lot about how to look for a sugar maple tree, which is a great thing to learn about, anyways, because sugar maples are Wisconsin's state tree. So we are- fun
1: fact. Right there.
0: Fun fact alert. Yeah, right. There are state trees. So we have a lot of them in Wisconsin. And you're going to be looking for kind of a grayish bark. And I was so impressed. I was talking with a maple producer here and went just outside of Manitowoc and looking at our woods of trees kind of by Farm Wisconsin and said, you know, I'd like to go back and look and see if we have any right outside our door. And he's standing like yards away and can tell like, nope, sorry, no maple trees because <laughs> they really stick out. So out, is I was bummed, but they really stick out with the kind of gray, they call it like a frosted flake bark. It's kind of flaky, so you can kind of notice that. And then the one other giveaway is the opposite branching of the twigs. So you can really notice it right at the end of the trees. That helps identify a sugar maple, too.
1: So Abigail shared with me this awesome graphic. I will be sure to put it up on our social media pages. So if you want to see if you can identify a sugar maple in your backyard, we have this great graphic to share with you there. So be sure to check that out. But like so many commodities that are produced on farms, they're all dependent on weather. So How is Mother Nature impacting the season this year, particularly in Wisconsin, because that's where our podcast is based. And we know Wisconsin is what, the fourth, ranks fourth in maple producing in the nation as well. So how, how are we doing? What's happening
0: Right, yeah, we do produce a lot of maple syrup here in, in our state, like you said, fourth in the nation, so we're proud of that. And the weather has been mostly good for our producers. It was, um, you know, they had tapped their trees and then we had a little bit of a cold spell, so the sap wasn't quite flowing yet, but things are flowing now from all of the producers I've been talking to, especially up here in northeast Wisconsin, the sap is flowing, so looking for another great year again.
1: And- can you, do you feel comfortable digging into the science of this? Because when I worked as a, as a journalist up in, in the Wasai area, covering maple season was a big deal for, for, our, for our viewing area there. And it's really unique because that cold and warm has, a, has you know, some science to it of why it has to be like that to help it flow through the tree. Yeah,
0: and I'll be honest, not a maple expert, but it is. It, it has to do with kind of that perfect sweet spot, no pun intended, um, <laughs> of the, the temperature so that the sap is able to flow. That's what it has to, uh, you know, so that the sap is in a liquid form so that it's able to flow out of the tree, but it's still at the right sugar content when they're collecting it.
1: So this is actually something our listeners can do at home. Tell us, how is this possible?
0: Yes. So you are able to tap a tree at home if you're thinking, you know, you listen, oh, I might have one of those gray looking sugar maple trees (laughs) out in my backyard. We invite you to come to Farm Wisconsin and purchase a tree tapping kit. This is totally a beginner's kit. So if you know nothing, it's for you. The best part is it comes with a book from the Wisconsin maple syrup producers that says beginner's guide. So, you know, you're in the right place if you're looking to tap a tree. And it comes with everything you would need. So it comes with a drill bit uh, that you would put on just a standard drill that you have at home. That's what's used to make the about a two-inch hole into your tree. It comes with a spout that you would put in the hole to use uh, to direct the sap out of the tree. And then it comes with a collection device. In this case, it's just a blue food-grade safe bag that you're collecting it in. So just those four uh, simple steps that you need and those four tools like I guess you could say to tap your tree all included in the box and then a few more details in that beginner's guide about you know you're watching when to tap you're looking for the right tree you're watching as the sap flows and then what to do with your sap after you collect it because our sap it can spoil so we do need to make sure that we are caring for this food product we're either processing it right away or we're getting it frozen to store until we're ready to process it
1: and For our listeners at home, this kit is very similar to what producers actually do who are making, you know, the maple syrup we buy at at our farmer's markets or at our local grocer or wherever it may be. Right.
0: Yeah. You're going to be repeating a process that all of the commercial maple syrup producers are using throughout the state. Their collection methods might look a little bit different. They might have more of a bucket instead of a bag or some of the modern syrup producers actually it's pretty neat they have tubing from tree to tree. So if you're driving around and maybe you see the buckets, I guess, of maple syrup or sap being collected, but you might also see some tubes from tree to tree. And what it's doing is actually using a real slight vacuum pressure to remove the sap slowly from the tree and that tubing all leads to the actual sugaring house. So same concept, you just don't have to haul your buckets and collect all the time. It's kind of a new method that's been used, But like I said, it is the same process that if you're doing it in your backyard, you're tapping a tree and you're waiting for the sap to flow.
1: And and here's the thing. Pure maple syrup is one single ingredient. So if you have pure maple syrup in your pantry or in your fridge, all it is is maple sap that is boiled down.
0: Right. Yes. So it is just one ingredient. So that's really a, a positive thing that we like to promote in the maple industry. It's, it's just one ingredient. Like you said, it's been sap that's collected from a tree. So I always try to emphasize that syrup doesn't come from the tree the way we buy it in the store. It comes out as sap. And yeah, it's so not don't eat very what's sweet. coming
1: right out of the tree. It's not going to taste the same.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not very sweet. Um, like 2%. <laughs> If you were to make a 2% sugar water mixture, that's about the level of sweetness that sap is not very sweet. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) So don't do it. It's not going to taste good.
0: I mean, I guess you could, but it would probably, yeah, not taste very good. (laughs) Um, but So that's what's coming from the tree, sap. And then they're boiling it down. And I think, yeah, you mentioned it takes 40 gallons of the sap to make one gallon of syrup. And that's a little bit of an average. It does depend on the sugar level of the sap when it's coming from the tree. So they syrup producers will adjust that a little bit. But about 40 to 1 ratio. So you can imagine the lack of sweetness that sap has in order to boil down to one gallon of syrup. (laughs)
1: All right. So since we kind of started to get into the nitty gritty of of pure maple syrup, and and we talked about this at the beginning of the show here, that you know not all syrups are created equal. So I have a couple here with me. I have the pure maple syrup here, and I also have what we're calling the imitation stuff, for a lack of a better word. (laughs) I don't know what else to call it because the ingredients are very different. So we touched on the fact that... You know, pure maple syrup has just one ingredient in it, less processed, things like that. The imitation stuff will have a whole list of stuff, including things like um, high fructose corn syrup or maybe um, artificial maple extract and things like that. So Mm -hmm. help put into perspective for our listeners at home so they understand which one maybe they have on their shelf or in their pantry.
0: Yeah, and I think, right, you might have one or both like we were talking earlier. Some people have both in their pantry and it's just easy to quick look at the ingredient list. Like we said, pure maple syrup is just gonna have that one ingredient on the back of it compared to our, our imitation that is gonna have several ingredients. But I like that we pointed out, you know, all food starts somewhere. So mm-hmm. uh, there's just different agriculture products inside our imitation syrup. So that's a little bit of the differences. You can look right probably on the back of your label and of course i'll put a plug in for our listeners in wisconsin look for that wisconsin maple syrup producers logo so you can see if it was um you know produced right here in our state or if you're listening in vermont or new york you know look for syrup that was uh, produced right in your state
1: yeah fantastic and and probably the biggest difference between these two are going to be price point and Mm -hmm. a little bit of flavor too so price point pure maple syrup is going to be a little more expensive. It's just, it takes a lot. We talked about it, 40 (laughs) gallons of tree sap to to make one gallon of the good stuff we pour on our pancakes.
0: Right, and it is somewhat labor-intensive, even, like I said, if you're collecting those buckets and you're hauling it back and forth, or even if you have that you know, tubing system, you're still having to boil down and you're having to bottle it. So there is that difference in, uh, yeah, expensive, you'll see on the store shelves. So that's a, a difference as well.
1: To our listeners that feel very motivated to try this on the for, for themselves in their backyard, maybe with their kids or just their family, they'll see <laughs> how labor intensive it can really be to hope your tree and mother nature works together to, to give you what you need to make your product.
0: Yeah. And it's just so funny. I think even maybe before I had tapped a tree for the first time, which I only did a couple of years ago. So um, it can be done first timers, <laughs> but um, it flows slow. It, yeah. The sap flows slow. I don't know what I was expecting. It's not like turning a hose on when you uh, <laughs> tap the tree or anything. It's, it's slow. So, yeah, there's the the value of time as well when you are tapping your tree and you're considering the value of the product you're buying in the store. It, it's It's a slow process.
1: <laughs> as are so many things in the agricultural process. And there's, you know... It it takes a long time to create all of those items that we love so much. So again, just shedding a little bit of light and pulling the curtain back a little bit. So maybe we all can have a little bit more appreciation for those farmers and producers out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think definitely just considering how it started and considering the producer behind it. And I guess that's one of my favorite things about looking on the label and seeing that it was produced here in the state of Wisconsin. Because it probably tells you the family name who produced it many of these sugar bushes here in our state they're all family owned several generations they've been tapping these trees for generations because you're not really going to be able to tap a maple tree until about 40 years old (laughs) so yeah the tree's got to be about 10 inches in diameter in order for you to tap it and you actually can injure a tree if you tap it too early so Mm. you're looking for about 10 inches in diameter that corresponds to about 40 years old so many of these trees have been on the property for a long time and families have been tapping trees for generations so you know when you're seeing that label wisconsin maple syrup producers or you're seeing you know produced by the jones family or something you're supporting a family owned business
1: you also brought up a word in that conversation, a sugar bush. Oh, and yeah. if you look at the bottle I have right here today, <laughs> mm-hmm. it it says this is from the Hilltop Sugar Bush, which is in uh, plain Wisconsin. So again, a, a Wisconsin product yeah. here. What is a sugar bush?
0: I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you caught me on that. I tried to explain all of our industry terms and a sugar bush is a kind of funny word if you think about it, it but uh <laughs> it's just a group of maple trees that you are tapping so instead of a dairy farm or a um, an orchard an apple orchard we have a maple sugar bush so that is the name of the place where all of the trees are and where you're tapping and collecting the sap so sugar bush kind of fun to say
1: <laughs> one thing i also kind of touched on a little bit, but would like to, you know, shed a little more light on for our listeners is the difference in taste. Mm -hmm. And one thing I learned when I moved to Wisconsin many, many years ago, (laughs) and like I said, I was covering this as a journalist this whole season, is that even pure maple syrup comes in different levels and different grades. So flavoring is going to be impacted. Color is going to look a little different. So can you kind of like just put it into simplest terms for our listeners
0: yeah I'm really glad you brought that up because right even if you're deciding for the first time you're like I am gonna try some pure maple syrup you've um, you're just diving into it for the first time. You're going to go to the store shelves and you are going to see those differences in color like we are talking about. So what does that mean? Well, that is somewhat has to do with the when they are collecting it. So the first syrup of the season or the first sap of the season, creating the first syrup of the season is most likely going to be the lightest color, uh, kind of a golden color per se. And then typically at the end of the season, you're going to see a very dark, rich color. Uh, Yeah, a deep, rich brown kind of is um, a good way to put it, kind of at the end of the season. So you will see some of these coloring and differences change throughout the sap season. It's a little bit weather dependent as well. So that could be some of the differences. They might not always get all of the colors. So there's kind of four recognized grades of maple syrup they're called a grade of maple syrup and there's a difference in color and taste like you mentioned it starts out with the lightest being that golden color then there's kind of an amber moving to a dark moving to that very dark rich color on the scale uh, the spectrum
1: and more flavor is equated with the darker colors correct i guess i would
0: say more yeah different flavor, I guess probably a little bit of a stronger flavor is probably maybe a good way to put it, a stronger, richer flavor. And so I encourage people to probably start out with like, yeah, the golden, the amber per se, if they haven't tried anything before, that's probably a good place to start and then work your way. But, you know, have a chance to try them all if you can. And like I said, yeah, there are different flavors. So you'll notice that if you are tasting them.
1: And here's speaking from experience, something that I learned: we may dump a whole bunch of this stuff on our plate, the imitation stuff. But uh, if you're using the real stuff, a little bit goes a long way. Speaking from experience, don't make my mistake. Don't do it. I actually
0: think I think I did the same thing too. When I was kind of I, um, I grew up, yeah, drinking or eating some of the imitation syrup great but wanted to support our local maple producers and was trying to find my way in the grocery store just like other consumers and um yeah I think made the same mistake pouring a (laughs) bunch on my pancakes one morning
1: (laughs) yeah so uh, heads up if your kids get a hold of the bottle just maybe help them with it because yeah you know I remember the days of like taking this and just like drizzling it all over my entire plate but uh a little bit of the real stuff goes a long way so right from our mistakes yeah (laughs) definitely in preparing for this interview abigail i found this really fun fact on the taste of home website Mm -hmm. and it actually says that uh, the discovery of this amber hued syrup traces at least as far back as the 1600s when indigenous people in the northeast began boiling sap into sugar and in modern times i mean we have found a number of uses for it besides putting it on top of our pancakes and waffles so let's talk about that because many people may not realize where maple syrup is even used
0: exactly right you, you instantly think of syrup on pancakes and waffles, but there's a lot of cool maple products that our producers here specifically in Wisconsin but throughout the US are being really innovative. And I think a good way to think about syrup is as a sugar replacement, or if there's a recipe that calls for sugar or maybe that calls for honey, syrup can fit the bill there too, to use in throughout cooking. But some of the products that you might be able to buy in the store beyond maple syrup maple cream is Mm -hmm. delicious if you see this on your store shelves you need to buy some (laughs) because oh my gosh it's kind of like a maple butter I guess they call it maple cream but you can spread it just on a piece of toast and you are in heaven it is so so good I wish I could send it to you through this podcast
1: (laughs) (laughs) that sounds amazing okay so where do I look for that in the grocery store like is it by like peanut butters or is it by the the syrup like where would I look for it
0: you know I actually don't know I've gotten my maple cream directly from maple producers okay. so that's always an option you know if you want if you're driving by I've actually this season seen several signs on the road throughout my travels that say mm-hmm. like syrup for sale maple for sale so if you stop in producers might have some maple cream for you but I'm not sure if it peanut butter aisle or by the syrup we kind of have to do a little detective work, but if you see maple cream, I mean, pick that stuff up.
1: <laughs> so next time you're at the farmer's market, keep an eye peeled for maple cream. I know yeah, I Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, that's delicious. Yeah, so that's a really good product, I would suggest. We also very popular at Farm Wisconsin, we sell maple suckers like a hard candy so they can be um and it's so cute they're made into the shape of a maple leaf so they're, they're cute and they're delicious uh, those go really well with all of the kiddos um, at farm wisconsin so maple candies maple suckers those are very common also at the wisconsin state fair if people are planning on going i know it's a few um, months out but they sell a maple cotton candy what which is fabulous yeah <laughs> So if you're a cotton candy fan, the the maple syrup spins just like they would for sugar, for maple, for regular cotton candy. So they make a maple cotton candy. That's delicious. Look for that at the State Fair.
1: Okay. Wow. All right. Mind is kind of blown at the moment because I've never heard of that. So uh, that'll be added to my bucket list this summer when I'm at the State Fair have to try that
0: (laughs) yeah definitely try that that's good one for i'd say for the kids but apparently all ages
1: (laughs) all ages we it's not just kid related that is all ages we got to try that well hey abigail our time is starting to run short this morning so Mm -hmm. you know i just want to offer this time to give you a chance to share any final thoughts with our listeners
0: yeah i i love talking about the maple industry in wisconsin because i say this about a lot of agriculture industries but every maple syrup producer i meet they're just the nicest people they're yeah they're really down to earth they love being outside and tapping those trees and sharing it with other people they love to you know offer you a chance to try it so like i said if you're driving down the road and you see a sign I would encourage you to stop in and chat with the maple producer. They're often willing to let you try their product. If you're new to the pure maple syrup game, if you haven't tried it before. So stop in and say hello and try some of their products. And right now is the perfect time to do it because you might get a chance to see the sap flowing and you might get a chance to check out their operation and how they're collecting and boiling and producing this maple syrup.
1: Yeah, I love that you mentioned, you know, the family operation and and the generations that have been, you know, building to keep this alive for all of us to enjoy. So so what a great picture. So you're listening to Abigail Martin, the program manager at the Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center near Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Abigail From all of us here at Inside the Bullseye, thank you for what you're doing to bring the farm just a little closer to our consumers that enjoy these products every single day. And I'm so excited we have this new partnership together to help share the story of agriculture and those great farmers and producers that are behind it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. If you would like to get your own tree tapping starter kit or would like to plan your family experience at the Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center, we have all those links for you listed in the show notes for your convenience. It's just a click away, so plan that trip now. And as mentioned earlier in the episode, Abigail will be joining us regularly to talk about what's in season. So a few topics to watch for that are coming up. What farmers are doing to be sustainable as this all ties into Earth Day in April. That's coming mm-hmm. up. The beef industry as May is National Beef Beef Month. And we'll also dive into the dairy industry as June is National Dairy Month. So if you want to stay up to date on when those conversations are coming, be sure to follow along on social media. We'll, we'll let you know when they're coming up. And don't forget to catch our conversation we had with Abigail in episode 26, why dairy calves are taken away from their mothers. So, if you have questions about any of these topics or any other agricultural related questions, just ask. There are three simple ways to do it. You can one, email us at, inside the bullseye at genusplc.com. You can send us a DM on social media or you can actually leave us a one minute voice message by visiting us at abs.link forward slash podcast forward slash. And as always, we're on both Facebook and Instagram. Just search for inside the bullseye. And if you like what you heard today, maybe you learned something new. Be sure to share this episode with a friend. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope after listening, you feel just a little more connected to the people and places that have made it possible for you to bring all of your favorite products into your home every day. Inside the Bullseye is available for download right now. Just click subscribe wherever you consume your favorite podcasts and catch a new episode featuring a new guest every Thursday. Don't forget, be sure to join the conversation as well. We'd love to hear from you follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Inside the Bullseye. You have questions, ask me. I'll get you the answer in a future episode. This episode of Inside the Bullseye wouldn't be possible without ABS Global. ABS is a bovine genetic company that's proud to partner with farmers in 70 countries all around the globe to produce nutritional animal proteins to feed the world. Thanks so much for joining us. In the meantime, be sure to thank a farmer.